It's in you. You possess the power. Do or do not. There is no try. Yoda. I need some motivation. motivation Every day I try a little harder But my dedication, uh, dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water Trying myself and I yell at the wall Begging to run but I needed to crawl I see the finish line up ahead Trying to get traction from all of this tread I am a king Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the motherfucking leader I'm Jeremiah Sullivan and I'm your host Hey, if this is your first time listening What, what you have ahead of you we talk about a couple of things. We break down strategies and tactics in high performance, leadership, goal setting and achievement, everything from mindset to discipline strategies. I mean, we cover everything that can help you succeed and win, okay? And not just you, but your entire team. As we dive in today, I have an awesome episode. If you guys have been following along for a while, you've noticed, you know, for a period there, we were doing really solo episodes with myself and co-host Justin Phillips. And then we finished out and we recorded 101 episodes and we brought in some guests. And so we've just been having a really good time with the direction of the podcast right now. But our mission has continued to remain and that's to serve you to our best ability to help you succeed. Okay. And so as we're evolving as a podcast, the world is essentially doing the same. And 2021 has come to an end. And when you're listening to this, it'll now be 2022. Brand new year. Who doesn't love a new year? I'm, I'm very excited for it. You know, it feels like new beginnings. It's, an, it's the anniversary, you know, of several things for myself. It's, it's the anniversary of my last Ranger mission, which was a pretty tough mission. It's also the anniversary of my last day in the military as an infantry officer. And around the same time, I proposed to my wife. So it's the anniversary of the day I proposed. So, you know, a lot has happened over the years and so much has happened that I decided to put a special episode here today, decided to put one together to help you accelerate in 2022. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring in, like I mentioned before, a special guest. And that guest is my wife. We have a lot of high performers that listen to this podcast. Okay. People that want to succeed and absolutely dominate. And the reality is, is your journey will not be entirely alone. And that at some point you're going to have somebody right alongside you. And what I've learned over the years from being or striving to be a high performer is that when you have a family team built, you actually operate at a much higher level. I used to think that doing things alone was the way to go. And I'm sure my wife here will agree as we get into it. But what we learned through trial and error and really, you know, fucking up a lot of stuff inside of our relationship is that when you do have it dialed in, things are just, you just are able to accomplish the unimaginable. So we decided to put a podcast together today where we um, talk about some of the lessons that we've learned in our relationship so that you can grab those and, and build your team. We did a, I did an Instagram live recently and there was a ton of support that came through after that live. And on it, my wife and I, we sat down and we, we addressed all the ups and downs of our relationship and how we got through as a military couple as people that did long distance battling with our own individual challenges. And it was, it was taken so well that I said, Hey, you know what? We need to, we need to do a podcast. We need to sit down. And I asked my wife, we'll bring her in here in a second. And, uh, to think about, you know, what she wanted to tell you guys. So she has some lessons for you and I'm excited for today's, for today's chat. And without further ado, the motherfucking miss is, <laughs> That's right. Sharice Salvin. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome, Sharice. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. You're looking lovely. I know. Got to gas you up <laughs> right out the gate. Look at her. She says, I know. I'm excited to have you here. Excited to do this with you. Thank you. I'm excited to do this with you, too. Yeah. You know, um, you felt me out in more ways than I can count and imagine and could even fathom. And this is another way that you're helping not just me, but a lot of people. So um, really do appreciate you coming on the show. You know, as we get into today's episode, uh, I titled it Meet the Solvents as, you know, as Sharice, as you said, it should be titled. Listen to your instruction. I thought it was good. Uh, it's called Meet the Solvents, Becoming a Team. And uh, what I'm hoping to do is my audience, I think they know a lot about me, right? They don't really need to know anymore about me, but I think that they need to know a little bit about you as we get, we get in, because it'll help them not just see a different perspective, but you know, you're a high performer in your own sense. And where I don't resonate with people, I think you, you will. So let's, let's dive into a little bit about you and let's get the audience familiar with you. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, just like, just talk a little bit about where you grew up once over on your life and what you do now. All right. My name is Sharice. I'm from South Bend, Indiana. I grew up oldest of seven kids. There's a lot of us. <laughs> yep. We just saw, um, we just saw some of them recently. Yeah. I got to, got to go home and see my family for the first time in I think 12 or 13 years. Yep. Really great, really great visit. Met Jeremiah in the military. I joined the military at 18, um, got out when I was 24 and I have been dog training since, since then. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a simple person, whereas Jeremiah is very, very high energy. I am laid back and relaxed. I tend to have a more patient view on the on the world than he does. It's a it's a good it's a good balance. We we even each other out. I would say that's you know that that is a good once over, and um, you know you are my yin to you are my yin to me. The yin, I can't even say it. Yin to your yang. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like to run through things. You're like, hey, pause for a second. I'm all finesse. Yeah, you're like, let's go around this thing. You know, the interesting part, guys, for everybody here, where this episode is coming from is, you know, we, we did, we met in the military, but not just while we were serving, we were actually overseas in Iraq, which is pretty interesting that we were able to survive a deployment together and then coming back from that deployment, doing long distance, survive those challenges, then get married and then spend 10 years. We're going, we're closing in on 10 years married. Yeah, 15 years together around about. Yeah, and there's, like I said, there's those ups and those downs, but through that all, we've, in my eyes, I think you would agree, we've defied, we've beat the odds. Yeah, definitely. Right, the military has a high divorce rate. Um, not only that, but. Marriage in general has a high divorce rate. Yeah, so we've done that, and um, I think we've, like, both can agree we've fucked it up enough, but like we've, we've, where we're at now, right now is a really good spot. And so I'm thinking about somebody that is considering jumping into a relationship or that's married right now. And I think this podcast will be a really good episode for them to listen to. So yeah, you were, you weren't just, here's something to pay attention to you guys. Sharice is very modest and humble. She wasn't just in the military. She was a goddamn rock star and she still is. And, um, she performed at a very high level. Are you getting emotional? No, I yawned. Okay. <laughs> She did. She performed at a very high level everywhere she went. She was competing in, in different things like military boards. She was NETCOM, which NETCOM, NETCOM is, Soldier of the Year. Yeah, NETCOM Soldier of the Year. What else am I missing? Some of my military highlights. Um, I was distinguished undergrad in, my in one of my military schools. Um, that means I graduated at the top of the top of the top of my class um, because nobody's better than me. <laughs> She's humble as fuck, everybody. Well, 
that just covers some of the military highlights. And, um, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, another entrepreneur, you've, you've been a dog trainer for how long? Gosh, probably about eight years now. Yeah. And she does, she's done everything from, let's talk a little bit about that. So talk about some of the work you do. I do, uh, primarily behavioral modification and, uh, pet dog training, but I also do service dog training. I really enjoyed, I really enjoy doing that. It's one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done. It's, uh, really amazing to see that light bulb go on with a dog and with a human when they have that bond and watch how the dog can change a person's life. Why dogs? Why, why do you have an affinity towards dogs for somebody that's wondering? Uh, my other dog people, we get a lot of dog people on social media, <laughs> but why dogs? Why do, you, why do you enjoy working with them so much? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. I've always been, had an affinity for animals. Um, wolves were my thing when I was a little girl and dogs are the next logical step for that. They've, I've, I've had very few times in my life where I've been without a pet without a pet dog. And um, the times when I was without one are probably the hardest times that I've ever had. Having, having a dog in my life has made me more balanced. It's kept me grounded. It's really pushed me to be a better version of myself so that I can give them the life that they need. If you had to choose between having a pet dog and a pet wolf, what do you choose? I would choose a dog. Um, yeah. yeah, dogs are... They've, they've evolved to be with us and to be around us. Unlike wolves, wolves don't communicate with us in the same way um, that dogs do. Dogs have, have changed over, you know, millennia to be able to read us, to be our companions, to understand us. And I think that's something that's really amazing. Yeah. And for you guys that don't know, we have three dogs, Callie, Kuda, and Kiba. That's our family. No kids, but uh, three dogs, and there are a handful. Sharice has done an amazing job with them. So we're starting to shape, you know, who you are and, and a little bit about yourself. Um, let's talk a little bit about your, you know, your upbringing, your childhood a little bit, and then we'll go into today's core lessons. We'll talk about our background, right? The reason why I want to bring up, you know, your background is because you come from a wide range. You've lived on a farm, and you've also lived in, you know, the ghetto essentially, right? So talk a little bit about your childhood and, and shape that experience for everybody. Uh, I went, my parents are divorced and I went back and forth between uh, my mom's and my, and my dad's house. Uh, my mom, my mom's a rolling stone. Uh, we moved a lot and I've been a little, I've lived a little bit of everywhere and my dad has lived in the same city for most of his life and uh, South Bend, Indiana. That's where I was born and primarily grew up. Colorado, where we're at now, is actually the other place where I spent most of my time. My mom lived here for quite a few years, and I lived out here with her. We lived several different places, but um, that includes out on a farm. We had chickens and cows and ducks and a ferret, yep. <laughs> a little bit of everything. Bunnies. We, I know how to, I know how to clean clean my own meat, yep. <laughs> and I know how to code switch. Um, growing up <laughs> in the hood, uh, you have to. You have to adjust. Tell the audience, tell my white Caucasian uh, audience what code switching is. All right. Uh, code <laughs> switching is where you go, where you speak in different dialects depending on um, the situation that you're in. Yeah. So I grew up with my mom. My mom is white. My dad is black. And I grew up very nerdy. I am, I am a nerd. <laughs> and I didn't quite fit in very well when... Um, I moved in with my dad in high school and there was a little bit of adjusting that needed to be done. And 
I learned, I learned to find my stride in different places. And I, now I'm incredibly well-rounded. I know how to get along with pretty much anybody in any, any situation. I don't feel out of place. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's just code switching, like you said, is to be able to conform to your environment. And you actually, people do this all the time. Like Joe, my brother Joe, moved down to Texas and he came, he's from California. He lived there for four years. Next thing you know, I ran into him. It sounds like he's a Texan, right? He's got that Southern like got a twang, twang in his voice, right? <laughs> so you kind of, it's like, a, it's like an accent. Code switching is a little bit. But yeah, really diverse background, big family. Uh, like myself, we both grew up, you know, low income. And then established ourselves in the military, got some stability, found each other essentially. You know, what's what's one of the hardest things that you've been through? Wow, the hardest. One, would, yeah, just one of them. One yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Um, probably when we when we lived apart for two years, that was that was really difficult. But long term, it was definitely worth it. Yeah. What was what? So we're going to talk about that story here in a second. But what was the hard part about? what we did. So we, you said, what, what happened? We were away from each other for two years. Talk about that real yeah. quick and why it was hard. So it was hard being separated because, you know, we were pretty early in our marriage at that point And it, it was, it was complicated trying to navigate life without your life partner. Yeah. So guys, everyone listening, uh, to kind of shape this whole thing we did, we spent two years apart at one point during, during our marriage. And, uh, to kind of talk to you guys through the journey, what had happened, like like we mentioned, Sharice grew up split, split, kind of split between her mom and her dad. I, I grew up in the mountains of Northern California. And then we ended up both getting out of our situations and joining the military. And then through that, um, I got stationed at Fort Knox, Kentucky. She went over to Germany. And then we both deployed and coincidentally landed in the same like forward operating base overseas in Iraq. And we were there for 15 months in our early 20s. Um, we met each other at the back end of that deployment. And what do you remember, Sharice, from our, when we met each other? What was that like? <laughs> oh, man. I just remember the first thing I said to you was that you look sneaky. <laughs> I was kind of a bitch back then. Yeah. Passive-aggressively, like, flirting with me. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. And then... Um, Pulling a power play on your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's true. Um, but we were both in relationships when we met each other, and... Uh, you know, we, there was a little bit of flirting that happened at the beginning and then, but we, we didn't actually end up like growing closer to each other until several months later. And actually what ended up happening is we both went through a breakup and uh, then we started developing a friendship. And I remember you worked up at the admin section for the installation and I used to go up there and make excuses to update my promotion points for the army and get ID cards made. Also, I could go up there and talk to you and just continue to be close to you, essentially, is what I wanted to do. Yeah, we'd talk for hours. Some of the best conversations I've ever had in a, in a place where we, don't, we didn't have our phones, no, no real solid internet, just each other to, to sit and chat. Yeah. So as the friendship grew, you know, we both went through our breakups, continued being friends, and then, you know, several months later, I essentially started, you know, pursuing you, right? <laughs> Yeah, you you call it that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to invite you over to hang out, uh, to come watch movies and stuff. You'd pretty much you'd blow me off. Yeah, and then I would hit you up the next day and give you shit for it. And I just we just kept repeating that over and over again until finally one day you caved in. You came yeah, over. Yeah, I broke. You broke me down. <laughs> you broke me down. And then ever since then, um, we kept the relationship kept strengthening. We both redeployed back to the states. That was the back end of the deployment. She went to Germany. I went to Knox. 
from there we continue to do uh, long distance and you know to save you guys some of the the jumping around but basically like you know we would move duty stations one of us would try to get a duty station close to the other one i applied to green to gold went to california she eventually got out of the military came over to california lived with me there while i was going to scott college going to rotc doing rotc and then uh became an infantry officer and uh, moved around a bunch there went to georgia then hawaii then washington i was a ranger and so anyways, I'm shaping all this because we spent a lot of time apart. And during those assignments, it was very, very busy. We added it up one time. And in a 10-year period that I was in the military with her, I was gone away for over three years. Away for her for, from three years. Okay, so it was a tough time. And that was before we added up the two-year stint apart. So that was three years before that two years apart. So a total of five years probably away from each other the entire time we, we were together. Yeah, it's a lot of long distance. Yeah, pretty rough. So <clears throat> I'm sharing all this again, guys, because we're talking, we're both at this level now. That's where we were. And we're at this level now where, you know, I'm out of the military, entrepreneur, doing my coaching. I also do some other things outside of that. She's building her business. And uh, we, 2021 was our year. We kicked ass in 2021. Yeah, it was a good year. It was a great year. Yeah, you, you grew Mm-hmm. not physically mentally your business you helped me with conquer conquer grew i grew physically mentally as well i think we just absolutely crushed so what mm-hmm. would you you know what were some highlights for you for 2021 that you know we did as individuals and as a team oh man getting to watch your fights was was a real treat um very nerve-wracking very very stressful because I, if he's fighting, if he's getting hit, I automatically want to fight too. <laughs> and it's it's a struggle to not be able to do that. But um, being able to support you through that journey and be be around to, to watch you just absolutely dominate has been amazing. And it's been awesome having you not just support me with that passion, but you know, that we've been able to share it together. It's just, it's just been, nobody ever told me how great marriage was. I didn't really ever understand that fully, but you know, when you get to do life together with somebody, it's pretty cool because the world changes. You might have to go through the pandemic. You might go through who, who the hell knows, but at the end of it, you two were the thing that stayed consistent throughout the entire thing, you know? So it's pretty cool. With that being said, you know, we've shared our story. Let's, let's get into some questions now. So I know that you want to ask me some things. And I know I want to ask you some things on basically becoming a high-performing team is what I want to call it, you know? That's what, that's what we're talking about here. We didn't, like, it just didn't happen. We became one. It took work. It took a lot of fucking work. So um, what are some things that you think, looking back on our, our journey together, the last 10-plus years, 10 married, and it's been over 13, 14, 15, I don't know, somewhere in there. Yeah, 15. 15 years since we've been known each other, essentially. Mm-hmm. For somebody that's getting ready to t- do life together and one's super high drive, the other one is a little more patient, kind of, you know, like yourself, but also very focused as well. What are some things that you think that those people should know as they embark on their journey? Who you are is not who you're going to be. When you're starting out in a relationship, you you always are going to present the best parts of yourself, but those that's not a big that's not the whole picture. Understand that you're gonna you're gonna fuck up, you're gonna you're gonna fail. But through those failures, you're going to grow and you're going to be a completely different person from day to day and grow not only individually, but with your partner. Why do you pick that? What, is there an example that you're thinking of, like a, a story or something that 
that you're thinking back on where you wish you could have told your younger self that? Oh, yeah. Um, I made a lot of mistakes when I was younger, and growing up together has been really interesting because I've not only got, gotten to see myself grow and, and blossom into a really kick-ass person, but I've gotten to watch you grow up and watch you become just this absolute rock star. And through, through all of our trials and tribulations, the lessons that we've learned through those have been some of the most impactful that I've, I've had in my entire life. Learning communication, yeah. that, was, that was hard for me in the beginning. That was very hard for me. I was not good at communicating, not at all. I'm, that did not come naturally to me, but I learned through trial and error and through those errors, I figured out, well, hey, learning to be open with, with, with you has been really helpful it took in work. our relationship. And it took work um, for both of us. I think that's a lot of people can learn from that. I think a lot of people, when they get into a relationship, they're afraid to let their guard down and fully communicate how they feel. They, don't want, they want to be perfect, right? And, mm -hmm. then, and so because they want to be perfect, they don't say everything that they're thinking and it could be anything from feelings of inadequacy to feelings of like whatever temptation it could be excessive love like mm -hmm. feelings of excessive love and being and, able to communicate those those emotions and those feelings like not just letting the other person hang out there and be in space by themselves like especially in a long distance relationship being able to communicate your feelings and your fears and your insecurities those are all so important for the for the health of the relationship yeah and i think that you know for somebody listening you know i think you're understanding the importance of communication like i'm thinking about the couple that's starting off and maybe they've been together for about four or five years or somebody that's getting ready to get into a relationship and they want to be successful inside of it and they're hearing okay i need to communicate okay and i think that that's an easy concept to understand it's hard to implement mm-hmm so what I find is that you got to practice telling somebody that you care about the hard truths, how you really feel. Okay, like if you're feeling like I've been before, I felt like this, inadequate, lonely, left out, isolated. And maybe you don't want to burden the other person because you feel like it's something that, you know, maybe it's just going to bother them. It's going to beat them up like they're not doing a good enough job or whatever. Well, you have to give them the hard truth. Hey, you're not doing this for me. But I, I find that the delivery is what you just need to get practice at. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as you tell somebody, like my, one of my favorite ways to bring up hard things with you is to tell you, tell you straight up, hey, this is a tough conversation. I'm going to say something that's really tough for me to say. And I notice when I say that, it's almost like you brace yourself and you're like, I can handle it. Tell me what it is. Have you noticed that? Yeah, definitely. Um being able to have those hard conversations and not just have the hard conversations, but deliver them in a way that your partner can be receptive to understanding your partner's languages is important. Yeah, I think that's huge. Okay. Cause that's really the foundation. I think that most, most relationship issues can all be fixed with communication. Right. And you got to figure out the right way to communicate with each other. Some like you, if I want to get through to you. I send you a text cause I know that you read, like you read every day and you'll look <laughs> at it for spelling errors. Yeah. You'll look at it. You'll, you'll look at it for everything. Tear it apart. Yeah. And so if I really want to make an effect, it's like, okay, send her a text and tell her what I mean and then follow up with the conversation. Me, I'm probably, I don't know. How, how do you find the best ways to communicate with me? I compliment you first. Ah, 
compliment you first. Down. Yeah, soften you up, and then I hit you with the old wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> okay, so those are, those are good. Right out the gate, some practical tools for somebody starting off on communication. That is something we've developed and uh, worked on tremendously. You know, let's let's talk about that because um, that ties into one of the hardest things that you mentioned that you went through, which was our two-year period away from each other. And that was hard for me too. Okay, for those listening, we did spend two years apart. And what that looked like, we had done long distance before, but it was always three or four months here, maybe a deployment here, whatever. But we literally, it was two years where we saw each other just like maybe real briefly occasionally for for holidays and yeah. every every once in a while for for a weekend yeah and that was that was tough because um what had happened is i went on a deployment with the 75th ranger regiment it was an infantry officer we went overseas we were doing high value target raids and uh it was a tough deployment there was some fun in there but there was also some really hard times and there was the last my last ranger mission was very very kinetic and I came back from that with some combat issues. I had some, you know, some PTSD and uh, survivor's guilt type of thing. And so I was deployed. I came back. When I got back from that deployment, the military said I needed to go to the captain's career course. And I needed to go do this academic school for another six plus months. So I went and did that. And it was on the other side of the country. So we decided to, that Sharice would stay at our house in Washington. I would go to Georgia, do the captain's career course and try to make it back on occasion. But it was just too much travel to be able to go from East Coast to West Coast and make it back with all the stuff that we had going on in that course. So we just couldn't do it. And then at the end of that school, I went on another deployment. I did. I went back to Afghanistan. And uh, in between those assignments, I moved from Georgia. I flew to Washington, grabbed Sharice. We sold the house, moved, moved to Colorado, went on a deployment. And was away again. And anyways, I got back from that deployment. We had been away for two years. And, and during that period, it was, she had her challenges and I had mine, right? I was dealing with combat, loneliness, and trying to be a high performer at work while being away from her. And then, you know, what were you dealing with? You were dealing with loneliness. Yeah, loneliness, basically being homeless while we while we looked for a, yeah. for a place out in Colorado. Um, it took us a, almost a, a full year to close on our house. Market was just brutal, um, yeah. and I couch surfed and stayed with family. Yeah, you guys, if you're not hearing that sheet, when we moved from Washington to Colorado, we wanted to buy a house, couldn't find one, so she sacrificed, couch surfed, and lived out of her car for the nine months that I was deployed. Okay, all because she wanted us to get this home, and she was sacrificing because we knew if we bought, we would be able to the house would appreciate, it would help build our net worth. She sacrificed her stability for long-term, you know, essentially wealth building. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that is just truly remarkable. What are some things for somebody in a relationship that, you know, where they are sacrificing, they're both sacrificing, and maybe they're not away from each other, but one's working on their goals, the other one's working on theirs, and they're both taking turns sacrificing for each other. What are some things that they can do during that period that helped us stay connected and build the build our team as we were going through those really tough times. Talk. Yeah, more communication. Yeah, more communication. I mean, especially in situations where you can't be there physically and, and look at each other and, and be there for each other like that. Talk, whether that be through text, which which a lot of our, our communication was because he was deployed. A lot of I would I'd write him emails every day and kind of give him little AARs of my day 
what's going on with the dogs, how how we're doing, and keep him keep him up to date so that he felt so that he felt a little bit closer without while he was gone. Man, are you listening here? You know, I'm asking the expert, my wife, how to build a team and build a strong relationship, and what are, what are the patterns? She's saying communication. You guys need to listen up. Okay, and I think that everybody does, but I'm talking to the men specifically because I think we're probably more guilty of not listening and communicating more than women. I think that women speak, but sometimes they don't speak in verbally as much as men do. They just speak in different ways. You got to pay attention to those kind of things. So I think that's huge. What about um, moving into questions for me? So we've talked about things that have helped us build our relationship. Your big point is communication in any way possible. Do that any methods. I loved I loved what you said earlier about, you know, you used to write me emails overseas, texts. I love those little like little daily updates that made me feel like I was living life with you. And those were huge for me. But um what about shifting over to, you know, questions for me about or maybe points for the audience about really I think my weakness is I can get so tunnel vision and focused that I'll do anything to get what I want. Mm-hmm. And I know that that you're very supporting, supportive, and I know that that's hard to do. So maybe with some with somebody that's in a relationship like that, where they have one person that, like myself, can get very single minded. What do you? What does the other person need to hear right now? Like, what what advice would you give a couple in our situation that doesn't want to go through so many rocky times? when they have one that's high drive, single-minded and focused, and the other one is supportive and wants us to see them succeed and win and also has their own goals. Is there anything you would tell that person? Don't forget about yourself. Yeah. Um, don't lose yourself in the process. You know, um, like Jeremiah said, he's a little bit more uh, fiery and spicy than I am. But um, I have my own, my own little fires that I, that I tend to, to keep myself sharp and fulfilled throughout throughout our relationship it can't always be about the other person it has to be about you too because if you don't have anything in your cup you can't pour anything into theirs Mm, that's really good that's really good so make sure to make sure to be focusing on yourself Mm -hmm. and you said it earlier you said basically don't attach yourself to the relationship your identity of the relationship you said focus on you again Mm -hmm. Uh, make sure you know who you are Uh, don't get lost and I, i love that advice what about stuff for me you have anything that you want, to, you want me to talk about? Yeah. As a high performer, what's been the most difficult thing for you in, in cultivating and maintaining our relationship? Well, high performers know they're very self-aware. And I'm, so I'm very self-aware. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know what my strengths are. And I know what my weaknesses are. And one of my weaknesses is that I can, like I mentioned before, I can get so focused on getting the result that I want that I can it's almost like I got like you, know, you ever seen like horse races right mm-hmm, blinders yeah they have the blinders right there and they can only see the route in front of them that's what it feels like in my life all the time so for me it's really important that I I create some sort and I hesitate to even say this but balance balance is a tricky word and it's not even balance, it's more, it's more of systems and processes to make sure that all my affairs are in order outside of the goal that I'm focused on. You know, like, 
there's there's times in our there's seasons in my life where I'm like, okay, relationship is number one because maybe we just got back from deployment and I've been away and it'd be ridiculous to call anything else number one. Prioritizing our relationship is something that you're really good at. Yeah. So I tr so for me it's like being constantly self aware of where I'm fucking up so that I can fix that problem. Right? It's you know, trying to succeed in life is a lot like playing whack-a-mole. You're going to whack one, another one's going to pop up, you're going to whack it, and you're just trying to win the damn game, right? So for me, I got it's like, it's almost like you got to stay hyper-focused because single-minded is the, qu the quickest way to achievement. It's the quickest way to get to a result. At the same time, you can't forget the bigger picture. It's almost like you got you to keep your periphery open. So Absolutely. For, so for me, it's about constantly checking in with that along the way. And the way, I, the way that I do that is weekly evaluations. I just check on myself every week. That helps me stay. It's a system that I use to stay, like, to stay focused on building all these areas that are important. Yeah, you've got you've got a lot of plates spinning, and it's easy to lose track of one. But um, you do a really good job of keeping an eye on everything and and keeping an eye on yourself and speaking up when you need to. Just think about the couple that we're helping right now. They've been through some ups and downs. They're anticipating more in the future. One's high drive, super high drive. The other one's working on herself. She's, she's got the idea that she needs to communicate. She's got the idea that, you know, she needs to be her independent self on top of the relationship. The guy, he knows that he needs to pay attention to everything in life, not just the single thing he's focused on. But what else is uh, something that, you know, we should discuss and bring up for them to help them build high-performing family team like what's something that they should know maybe about being with somebody like myself so um, being in a relationship with a very very high achiever can be overwhelming sometimes because it's always it's always go 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 there's always moving pieces there's always there's 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 a certain degree of instability that comes with with a high with a high performer um, simply because they're always looking for the next thing the next thing is it's never subtle and for somebody like me who values stability, it's it's finding that stability in yourself and and learning to do little things to make a house feel like a home. Like with our dogs, our dogs are a big part of our family. They keep us grounded. They help us bond. <laughs> they really, they do. They do. <laughs> they help us bond and they, um, they, they keep us active. They keep us active with them and they keep us active with each other because you can't really just not take care of them. So what about balancing somebody out? That's like me. Do you find, how do you see your role in our relationship? Let's start there. I am definitely a, a caregiver. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lover. I'm a supporter. Um, I'm your biggest fan. And I find the easiest way for me to do that is by making your life easy. Um, the easier I make things for you, the easier our life is. Because you, you have more spoons to take care of everything else in our lives. With, with that, the high performer, you know, what you it's easy to get complacent and underappreciate the little work that somebody like that can do, which has a profound effect on your life. It's really easy because you'll get so sing like I'll get so single minded and it's important that you validate and you make the person feel as valuable as they are to you because you'll get as a high performer, you'll get so focused on whatever the hell it is you want to accomplish. You'll forget how much work that the other person is putting into really you and you can underappreciate them. So, you know, the, my word of caution to somebody is like, you have to value the other person all the time and you can never let off of it. Those big things are, those small things are everything. And it means 
I value it tremendously. Where you see yourself as a supporter, I see myself as, you know, you're going you're gonna to clear the brush. You're going to clear out the weeds, right? And if we're talking about landscaping or something, and mm-hmm. I'm going to knock down the big trees. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, what is it that you find that you need from me during times when you're very, very focused on a, on a particular goal? Well, let's talk about an example story. So last year, I went through training camp after training camp after training camp for MMA. Right? Remember that? Oh, yeah. What did, so what did that look like from your end? From my end, it was long hours for you. For you. Um, a lot of time by myself, but... Describe long hours. Long hours. Oh. <laughs> Man. So Jeremiah is the hardest worker I know. He would be up 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, go take care of his morning routine, get out, go for a 5, 10, 15, 20-mile run, come home, work all day, and then in the evenings for another 4 or 5 hours, he'd be doing MMA training, just hardcore, and he'd come home seven o'clock, eight o'clock, just completely worn out. And for me, it was about making sure you had the nutrition you needed, you had the space you needed to be able to grow. And for me not to prioritize myself during a time when you needed to prioritize yourself. It was a team mission that fight camp was, you know, and uh, those hours were crazy. And that was every single day. And so during that period for myself, just simple shit like just having the dinner made a del- like your food is so good and it's coming home and not having to worry about that for myself just did it, it just did so much for me and so from the physical side it, it was you know you helped a, t- a ton with helping me get the nutrients that I needed and, and perform at a high level I couldn't have done that without you okay on top of that the emotional support that I needed during that period was huge Okay, and this is, I think, th- a conversation that a lot of guys need to be open to have, to have. There were many days during that fight camp where I was running myself into the ground like that, trying to find my threshold, trying to find the point where I was going to break. Like, nope, I can do more. Nope, I can do more. Nope, I can do more. And then there were several days where I found it. And I came home. Yeah. I walked in the door. And I was literally emotional. Mm-hmm. Days where I'm like, I sit down on the couch. I start choking up. And there's tears rolling down my face. And it was just straight symptoms of burnout even though i would never say it was burnout oh it was absolutely burnout um the the rate at you the rate that you were pushing yourself at man just so intense and having to watch you and and figure out how to support you while you were while you were having those those times of of built up emotion and frustration during your camp it's it's really about figuring out how to be there and and, and create space for, for your partner to be able to, to have those emotions, those, those strong feelings without, without feeling alone or feeling isolated or feeling like they have to do it on their own. And the thing that I found that helped the most was the way that we spoke about what was going on during those times. Like, I think that I'm very, very aware of how I feel now. Oh, yeah. And compared to when I was in my 20s, I had no fucking idea. Yeah, absolutely. It was like, you know, I wasn't emotionally potty trained, <laughs> didn't know I had to pee, and I was just pissing myself all the time. You know, in my 30s or whatever, it's been, I've, I've gotten them I'm more clear on it. So when I'd come home from that, and I'd be emotional. Men, this is what I'm saying, listen up, because, or maybe you strong women who bottle up your shit too, listen to this as well. When you're going through those emotional ups and downs, and it's like you can feel 
the frog in your throat, you can feel your stomach turning upside down and you just want to break down and like, like I would do coming home from those camps. And by the way, several of those moments happened when I was deployed as a ranger, several times like that, but I handled them differently then. I drank maybe instead, to, instead of communicating, drank alcohol instead of communicating and things got worse. So it's important that when you're going through that, you sit down and you, if you don't have the words, you find the words and you tell her. And I remember I came home and I was, I was like choked up, tears falling from my face. And you were just, you looked so sad. And you were just like, what do you need? One of, one of the questions I, I like to pose is, do you need advice or do you need support? Because a lot of times, you know, when we're going through something, we don't necessarily need the other person to fix it for us, but we need them to be there for us. So that's where the advice versus support comes in. And that's, a, you know, what that does is it opens up the conversation to be coached. A lot of people don't know how to tell other people how to coach them, right? And when you ask, what do you, do you need support? Or how'd you phrase it? Do you need support or do you need advice? Do you need advice or do you need a solution? Yeah. Do you need advice or do you need solution? What you're, what you're saying right there is tell me how to coach you right now. Tell me how to get in your, and influence you and get you what you need. And it's the partner's responsibility to do that. Okay, but then it's the other partner's responsibility to clearly communicate the answer to that. It takes some, takes some figuring out. It, it's hard to do, but the reality is, is that with practice, you can eventually get it. So I think going back to your question, it was, you know, how do you, what do you look for in somebody that, I forget how you said it, but it was like, what do you need when you're going through that, essentially? Yeah, it's, it's basically, you know, what, what, do you, what do you need from, from your partner? Do you need them to fix it for you? Do you need them to help you fix it? Or do you need them to just be su a supportive ear that, that can listen and, and help them deload some of the strong things that they're going through? Well, let's keep going. I have so, a couple other things that I want to chat about. We've talked a little bit about how to balance um, a high performer or how to create balance in the relationship by building a team. We talked about you know, communication earlier. We just talked about making sure you're in tune with your partner's needs. We talked about over-communicating your emotions, what's going on. What else do you think is important for that couple to know as they're going through the beginning of their 10-year marriage, right? What are some things they got a high performer, single-minded like we talked about, the other one's supportive. What are some things, some conversations that maybe they can get ahead of or some things that we should discuss here? I think that talking about the future that you envision together is important. Um, being on the same page. It's, Im it's incredibly important to be on the same page when you're thinking about your goals because if you're both going different directions, you're never going to get anywhere. Mm. That's so true. I, you know how many people I've coached where they're in a relationship and the partner has no idea where the other one wants to go. And um, that creates conflict. And so I always tell people to create a team vision. And I think that's something that we've done, we've grown into doing a good job on. Yeah, right? definitely. And I think that at first it was challenging because, you know, typically what you find is, I've seen this with maybe people that are a little more ego-driven, a little more self-centered, where they have their personal goals. And when the other person says what theirs are, then they think that there's a trade-off. They think that it's one or the other. And that's not the case. The, the real reality is, is that you, when you share them, you can create a team vision and figure out how to get both. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, when, you're, when you're in alignment, everything comes so much more easily. So one of the 
things that a lot of people don't anticipate when they start off on trying to succeed in life and do, you know, essentially win is that, or do something, anything challenging. Okay. It could be, it could be trying to succeed on your own or be in a long distance relationship is they don't, nobody ever teaches you this. They don't, they don't teach you the impacts that that kind of stuff does to your mental health. You know, we talked a lot about the two year period where we were away from each other and that is stressful and that stress, it stacks up, it stacks up. And it's like, it's almost like Jenga where you got the full, when everything is fine, the puzzle is completely built. But then as life goes on, stress starts happening. One piece leaves, another piece leaves, another piece leaves. The next thing you know, you spend two years away from each other and it feels like the whole game is just going to come falling down at any second. And you're trying to figure out how to just get one more piece out of there. And uh, it's taxing. It's hard. And being a high performer is the same way too. It's the same thing too because you're going to go through these ups and downs that are unlike anybody else's in the world. Like trying to get into soft for myself, the 75th. Every day was a battle. Because one day I think I'm going to do it. The next day I don't think I can. The next day I'm killing it at work. The next day I'm not. And so now I think that I'm not going to get my evaluation that I need to get there. Goal setting and achievement and succeeding in life and doing anything that stretches you and, and that you fight for, it taxes your mental health a lot. And that's something that they don't really teach in school. Nope. But it's something both of us have been through. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, and to shape it a little bit more is now try being entrepreneurs, two entrepreneurs in the same house. There's no predictable paycheck. Right? You're basically relying on your own personal results to drive the finances in the house. So that there's highs, highs there and low, lows there. Again, stressful. And that could take a toll on you. Not only that, now throw in the pandemic on top of it. Throw in getting quarantined and all this shit happening. So mental health is a real conversation that everybody needs to be having, especially as people building their relationships together or even just maybe the relationship with yourself. You need, to, you need to be aware of your mental health mm-hmm. um, and constantly be fighting to build it. So what's your stance and what are your thoughts on, you know, taking care of your mental health and, and share a little bit about your journey with it? So I have bipolar disorder and um, that's made things very difficult for me, um, especially during times where I was unmedicated and uh, or where my medications weren't as um, effective. Um, I recently changed medications the last year, year and a half. And, uh, it, it made such a huge difference. Um, and having bipolar disorder, you have to be really aware of your ebbs and flows and how that can affect your partner. Describe how your bipolar disorder affects you. Cause when most people think bipolar, they honestly, it's kind of like, they think like Tourette's and yeah, it's not accurate. It's, so it's, describe no. yours a little bit. So, me. um, for me, I go through periods of a uh, major depression, depression and, um, and then it'll turn around and I'll go through a manic phase. Mania is basically where everything is bright and shiny and great and you have so much energy and everything feels great and you just want to do all the things because you're a god. <laughs> There's a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of a disordered thinking during it. It feels great, but it's scary because you take a lot of risks during time times like times like that. And it can be very dangerous. I remember once uh, when I was in the military, this is when I was stationed in Arizona. I drove all the way from the base that I was at, 70-something miles, just to go to a mall and spend my entire paycheck mm-hmm. because I was manic. And I, But one of the things I learned to do was 
not open anything until yeah, you took it back. Yeah, I took I it, took it back. back. To, yeah, I, I, I'd go back to my house. I'd give everything a few days and then I'd go through piece by piece and say, do I need this? Do I need this? Mm -hmm. Do I need this? And then you go and you take it back. Excessive money spending is one of the things that uh, can happen during a manic phase. And that for me, when I was young, that was, that was a big one. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, the depression is the, is the hardest. It's um, debilitating. It's debilitating. And it, it affects not only myself, but it, it affects, it, it affects you too. Because when I get in, into a depression, it can be very, very lonely for you because I'm not there. You know, the lights are on, but nobody's home. And that's, it's hard to go through, feel like you're going through by yourself, even though I've never been by myself. When you're depressed, your brain tells you what it wants to tell you. Yeah. And then for your partner, it can be isolating for them because you're just not as, you, you're not communicating the same way. You're not interacting the same way. They're constantly trying to adjust and feel you out because, it's again, it's hard to communicate because you shut down. And people think bipolar disorder is, oh, she's crazy and, oh, she's going to do this or do that. No, that's for some people, maybe that's the case. But for me, that's not that's not really the case. I don't have the have what people think. The of, stereotypical. Yeah, the stereotypically. Shit. Yeah bipolar things like the the rage outburst and then turn around and be sunny and happy and honestly that's actually like a just a negative it's a stigma like it's i think maybe it comes from like hollywood or something like that because yeah. but but the bottom line here is you guys understand where she's coming from and um you know you've done you've had a huge transformation recently and i feel like well i know you have you're in a really good place mentally right now oh yeah so, um, really good <clears throat> now bringing that into the relationship building a team, everybody, maybe somebody's not clinically bipolar or depressed, but they go through the same types of, everybody goes through the same types of things. I go through that same type of shit. Oh yeah. Obviously not to the level that we're talking about here, but I think that everybody can get advice from you in terms of taking care of their mental health while in a relationship that demands a lot from you too. So what do you say to that, that girl that is going through her challenges and she just wants, she knows logically she wants to show up more powerfully in the relationship, but you know, she knows she's got some shit going on. What do you say to her to help her out through that? Don't be afraid to ask for help, whether that be in your relationship or professionally. Not even um, ask, but like, not, not, don't even be afraid, but like demand help. Go get, like command it, right? Like, isn't mm -hmm. that? I mean, you can't always control what, what mental health issues you have or. Sure you know, things are going on, but you, what you can do is you can control the way that you, you deal with them. Um, it's not always easy and, you know, nobody is making you go through these things, but the way that you approach them can have a, a profound effect on the way that, that they, the outcome is. What about things that they can do on their own before they go and see some help? Like, I know, like maybe they just want to get some momentum and they're in that, they're in a depression. Maybe they're either in the two-year period that we had alone, you know, away from each other, or maybe they're going, they, they're they're still stuck in a depression from from the pandemic, uh, from COVID, and and that's just beating them up. What are some things that they can do on their own to kind of get the ball rolling to take care of themselves? And uh, and and I mean, I know there's guilt that goes along with that too to get rid of that guilt and unshackle themselves and get some get back on track. Set yourself up for small wins. Um, pick something small every day. It doesn't have to be like a, hu a huge goal. Something. As small as you know what I'm gonna walk around the block today. I'm gonna get outside. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
do all my laundry today. Yeah. You know, just something small that you can focus on that'll make you feel like you're winning. I think that's huge because what I've noticed with you, you know, I, my role has shifted during those times. You know, I used to be the problem solver, right? You're going through depression. Let me solve it. What do I got to do? What do I got to do? And I learned that it's not my job to solve the problem. It's my job to do like what you do with me, which is ask you what you need from me. And then also encourage you to do the things that you set out, you said you would do during that period if it were to happen again, like your mm -hmm. small little action steps. So you have like a set of standards that you live by, which is I have to go outside once a day. I have to, I need to go to the gym, even if I don't work out, whatever. And you have these standards that you abide by when you're going through those minimum standards, minimum requirements that mm -hmm. keep you in a forward moving direction. And I think that that has been one of the biggest things I, I've seen from the outside that has helped you get through it is not, it's almost like quicksand. You stop, yeah. you're going to sink. Yeah. Inches make miles and every inch that you take for yourself is going to add up. Yeah. Anything that a partner should know when their other, when the, when their partner is going through something similar, anything that, they, what, how, what, what, what should they do? What should I do? Not feel guilty. Don't feel guilty. It's not your fault. You didn't create the situation. You didn't create, you know, the chemical imbalance. You can't take responsibility for it. It's, it's not like, like you said, it's not your job to, to fix it. Um, it's your job to provide support and to be there. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that, that's been huge. It's been sh a shift in, I'm not a solver. I'm a facilitator. I'm here to facilitate. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I'm going through my own shit, it's informing you, like we discussed before, of how to support me as I'm going through it. What do I need? Powerful, powerful stuff. All right. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we want to hit on before we close out. The big thing is that, you know, there, I don't think there's a such thing as a perfect relationship. No. And looking after one another, I think is probably is the theme of this whole thing. Constantly being a sensor for what the other person needs. Because I think that if you look back on maybe times where things were rocky with us, mm -hmm. it's because we weren't focused on the other person. Mm -hmm. We were focused on ourselves. Would you mm -hmm. agree with that? Yes. And yes and no. But I think I know what you're going to say. I mean, it's it's important to focus on the other person, but not to forget yourself during the process. Right. But prioritizing the other person in your life. Um, they don't have to be number one because you should be number one in your life. But they should be a good number two, a good solid number two. Yeah. And you should have their best interest in mind when, when you're taking actions. Yeah, I think I guess what I should have said was knowing where the other person is at yeah like you should know where they're at and mm -hmm. if you don't you gotta get clear about it yeah. right instead of not necessarily being so absorbed in their world you're all about them it's just know where they're at and then one of the things i love about you and that's helped me out for maybe somebody that's listening is you've allowed me to be me you know and i and i tr strive to allow you to be you i think i do a good job oh of that. yeah you you definitely do and i think that a lot of times in a relationship the there's a pulling of making the other person more like the other person. And I think that in order for a couple to be successful, they have to keep making the other person more of them and not try to change them at all. Just amplify the things that you love in them, amplify the things they love in themselves and help them work on the things they don't like so much about themselves. You thought? should, you should be a, a, a pleasant mirror for your partner. Yeah. Because here's the reality is like, 
this is going to sound fucked up, but like if I want to go get something, go do something, there's no fucking stopping me. No. And, and our role in that type of situation is what you've done a great job of is not trying to, cause I've, I've been in relationships like that before where the person didn't want me to go the direction I wanted to go. And maybe it took me off course a little bit, but it caused a lot of fucking fights. And next thing you know, it didn't work out. And I think that through that experience, I learned that I need to make you more like you too. And I don't ever want to stifle somebody the direction that they want to go. We're not all the same exact, you know, species of animal. Like no. we're humans, but like some people are sharks. Some, some people are lions. So you got to let lions be lions and sharks be sharks. I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We should have brought in some more humor, man. We'll do that on some future ones. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. I hope you found value in today's episode. You know, I want to close this off by saying that this was an important one for us to, to, to put out. Because um, we may or may not be doing some more meet the solving type of episodes here in the future where we go through different chapters and then we talk about them in, in hindsight, right? Like maybe my next cage fight, we jump on here and we talk about what it's like afterwards. And maybe after Sharice does, she does, she's working on some things too. And maybe bring her in and talk about those as well. And we'd love to share those lessons with you. So uh, with that being said, we appreciate all of you guys from the bottom of the Solvent's hearts. <laughs> we mean it. Is there anything else that you want to close out with before anything else you want to say to them before we, uh, we close out? I actually want to say something to you. I appreciate you and thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. All right, guys. Love you all. Talk to you later. If you enjoyed the episode, hey, man, leave a review. We haven't got any reviews in a while because I think I haven't been asking. Do me, a, do me a solid. Go leave a review. And then if you really enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Until next time, be the leader. I need some motivation. Motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself when I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go hard, better get it.